0: Welcome to the Good Growing Podcast. I am Chris Enroth, horticulture educator with University of Illinois Extension, and we've got a different kind of show for you today, folks. Uh, Ken and Katie, myself, we were sitting around chatting about cicadas, and we thought, why not make this an episode? So it was recorded, and we cut it together. And so enjoy this episode where uh, Ken Johnson, Katie Parker, and I, and also our producer, Wendy Ferguson, talk all about cicadas. Did Holy. you have any cicadas to munch on? did not, but for today.
1: cicada delicious.
2: cicada delicious.
1: Eat a bug.
2: You got the bug cooked I think we need to.
1: You better hide yeah. it in something if you expect me to try it.
2: We need to make a poll. <laughs> <laughs> poll I don't want to
0: know. I don't want to be able to recognize what I'm eating.
2: <laughs> to make a poll for the podcast and let people vote if we should do a taste testing Get yeah, some I'm, user can interaction you, can you just eat them live do you have you to cook them a, you can eat anything alive well yeah I don't know if that's a good idea or not I think all <laughs> these require you to have, have them cooking
1: digest them?
0: <laughs> only
2: one way to find out that's true <laughs> Chris is horribly sick <laughs> <laughs> is this book says if you're allergic to shellfish Mm -hmm. don't eat insects because they're so closely related
1: oh really well that would leave me out sorry guys (laughs) i'm allergic to shellfish or
2: talk to your doctor first i
1: i i stop breathing if i i have Wait, any so. you can. Your, we can have an Epi Epi pen. Pen.
2: yeah <laughs> yeah i'll be ready dab <laughs> me.
1: right afterwards yeah. i think this is worth it
2: we'll do a precautionary one and then one after We'll so
1: give you some. say this is what you should beforehand. have on hand if you're allergic to shellfish and you're trying insects
2: wendy will do a live demonstration
1: <laughs> <laughs> that is not fun that epinephrine is not fun sorry guys
0: so I I but I'm just I I am legitimately curious like what can you just grab one out of the off the ground or a tree and just pop it in your
2: mouth? I guess you yeah, can. It's I mean, it's gonna be all slimy and stuff inside. I mean, if oh, you're yeah. a texture person, that may not be a good idea.
1: <clears throat> Did you but
2: most of these recipes I found all are cooking them, and a lot of them are um. No, oh, what's the term?
1: would their exoskeleton have nutrition to it it would wouldn't it wouldn't have like protein is that the the correct technical term exoskeleton
2: yeah i'm not sure how much would be in there but you know people say that
0: often when they're eating live insects it's the um the hooked legs that creep them out the most on their tongue they feel them like squirming around in there and that they're like Hooking on their tongue, and they can feel the stickiness there. So,
1: but if it was dead, would you still have that issue?
2: It kind of gets caught in your throat. Oh, Oh. good. Like with crickets and stuff that I've eaten, they don't remove the legs, the spurs on the legs. kind of get, feels kind of weird going down sometimes. But in in this one, they talk about, you know, um, the best ones are ones that have just molted, they haven't hardened yet. Mm. Those are, those are kind of the, the most desirable and if you can't get those then look for females because the males are the abdomens are kind of hollow females have all the fat reserves mm. and then pull off the wings and legs before you eat them
1: how do you um gender identify cicadas
2: um short of looking for the ovipositor i'm not sure if there is a no way is there a size difference between male and female See what the Google says.
0: We'll let Ken look that up. I'm. This is the podcast right now, so this is perfect. This is good material. So, Katie, why are we not talking about cicadas really on on the podcast or in our area? What's the why? Why is it not a big deal for us this whole brood, whatever emergence?
1: Well, they're not supposed to make it over this way. But uh, I was going to ask Ken, like, wh- why why what like what's the magical line is it just like because the temperature and stuff from eastern illinois to western illinois isn't that different so why are they just stopping kind of at the indiana border
2: so this brood is just that's just the range it goes from like washington dc to eastern illinois i think that's just the range for it was there four counties in illinois that haven't they're all on the indiana border Mm-hmm. Or relatively close to it they just i i don't know why they haven't come this far didn't come this far but
0: so but they're all the same species right no matter they're just separated into different broods
2: So i think there's those are six species of the periodical skaters. so i think this time there's two or three species coming out for brood 10
0: okay and why did they do this why would why did they emerge in just billions of in mass
2: I think the main theory is that you avoid predators this way. If you've got billions and trillions of insects coming out all all at once, not everybody's going to get eaten. So So you kind of overwhelm the system and do your thing and die. And then you ensure your species survival. As far as why they're underground for 17 years, I don't know if there's any theories as to why that is.
0: So I have heard tale of climate change playing a role in Having broods emerge at different times, different years, maybe not as late. Is, is that anything that either of you have heard?
2: I think there's always some early ones that come. I think it's sometimes they come four years early, sometimes they come out a year early, and there's always stragglers too um, from that kind of main brood. Yeah, I don't know if that's climate change. I think sometimes they think that, you know, if you get enough of those showing up real early, that may be the start of a new brood potentially down the line, probably not in our lifetime, but eventually. Mm -hmm.
1: If you look at that, that map of all the different broods and like when they're supposed to emerge or when they have emerged, um, it's primarily like the Midwest and then kind of the central east coast. Um like that seems odd to me. do they is it too hot further south for cicadas?
2: Yeah, I'm not sure why they don't go further so, well, I know this bird there is in Georgia, Northern Georgia. Um, I don't know further south. If it's a soil thing or the plants aren't suitable. because um, they still have your annual dog day cicadas further south.
1: But in all actuality, are you going to drive to Eastern Illinois? Ken, I may. When are they? When is the like, um, when is the thick of it supposed to be here?
2: I, re- <clears throat> I remember where I read they're thinking the cooler temperatures, um, was last week or so, it's gonna, it gonna slowing everything down a little bit. Um, so it's Katie Mania, they said May 9th, they've begun chorusing, so singing in northern Georgia. They've May, They've emerged in Maryland, Georgia, Tennessee, North Carolina, and Virginia. So yeah, and then cool temperature over this next week. Or so should slow emergence until the last two weeks of May. Sounds like maybe the, the peak. And they'll be around for like a month, month and a half doing their thing.
0: So Richard and I got an email from the extension internal question thing on for for lawns and someone had holes in their yard a bunch of holes and this was in clay or effingham county um and i did not see the picture but richard he claimed the question he said those are periodical circadian emergence holes which i didn't realize they left like a large hole when they came out but if there's lots of them
2: then maybe that could be
0: something you would see
2: no so pictures I've seen of the emergence holes are like size of a penny or a dime, like half inch. So they're not terribly large, but yeah, they'll, you'll have all kinds of them coming out. <clears throat> Just kind of get pockmarked. Mm-hmm. Some of the things I've seen. And sometimes I'll build little, little chimneys when they're emerging too, depending on soil moisture and all that stuff. Like crayfish.
0: Yes. <laughs> so I I've talked to other people and they've said that in terms of flavor, they taste like shrimp or they taste like almonds. I can't think of a t- more diverse set of flavorings for a, something, but can. So, <laughs> have you eaten a cicada before? I have not. We may have Katie? You may have to change this though. You, you, no. Are you willing to eat a cicada? What would we have to do to a cicada to, for you to eat it?
1: As long as it doesn't look like a cicada or tastes like a cicada
0: okay so we
1: had we ate ants and uh crickets and cockroaches in third grade and you're still alive
0: and you're Mm -hmm. still i'm sure it was a great experience you'll never forget it right right yes so wendy who's a producer of the show she said put them in butter um i'm willing to do that ken do you have a recipe booklet for cicadas do you have one picked out for the time when you get to Cook up a Mm -hmm. cicada.
2: there's lots of them in here. I haven't narrowed it down to one yet. So this is from University of Maryland. They made it in 2004, So that was the last time. The last time this brewed was out. Brewed tent. So yeah, they got lots of good recipes in here. Mm -hmm. Road trip to eastern Illinois and get some cicadas and start creating. I'm ready. Mm Cicada dumplings, tacos, pizza. Stir fry, cookies, Mm. chocolate covered cicadas. Do they like require cicada rhubarb pie?
1: Grind the cicada up, or are they leaving it whole?
2: I think some of them are grinding them up. Some of them are air frying them.
1: Hmm, that's interesting.
2: Is there any food safety concerns here?
1: What does cicadas <laughs> <laughs> <Does cicatives> eat?
2: <laughs> so for, so I, I will admit I am not an expert on this, but from what I've read, you know, there, there's not really concern kind of poisoning wise. You know, obviously, if, you know, if you're collecting it from your yard and you spray your trees and stuff all the time, mm-hmm. but in systemic insecticides, you're probably going to kill them. But if they, they do emerge, that may not be a good thing to eat. Um, I've heard with just kind of insects in general, One caution is if you're allergic to shellfish, don't eat them because they're closely related. Um, and some of the recipes and things I've seen is that kind of the the best quality ones, the best tasting and kind of easiest eater when they are just, um, emerging. So those adults are, they're leaving their shells behind on the trees and stuff and they're kind of soft still. That's kind of the best eating quality. Um, so sometimes you can have dirt on those a little bit, so um, kind of blanch those and get the dirt off and stuff. And If you collect the adults, remove the wings and the legs, kind of the hard parts, um, and that improves the quality, eating quality of them. So the cicada safari says that they taste like gold canned asparagus. <laughs> Yum. While they're, still, while they're still white anyway. Good balance of vitamins are low in fats. And especially high protein. the females are high in protein. Yep.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can definitely count me
1: out. <laughs> <laughs> asparagus related to shellfish. Yeah, it, it's... You don't like asparagus? Oh, no. Mm-mm. Really? Why would I want to eat something that tastes like grass? <laughs> <laughs> you put some olive oil and garlic salt on it. <laughs> So if we resorted to eating the cicadas rather than trying to kill them, we could have better control.
2: <laughs> You're <could have> eating <laughs> lots of cicadas.
1: <laughs> well, think of yeah. everybody in the yeah. U.S.
2: I still think we'd have plenty of cicadas left over because <laughs> even though animals they'll, they'll gorge themselves on cicadas, and there's still plenty plenty left to lay their eggs and show up again in 17 years or 13 years depending on the brood
0: so I, I would say then in terms of cicada cuisine you know i i would like and if you would if you're going out east could you please prepare us you know a couple courses um <laughs> uh, some savory items let's start with something sweet We'll do a couple savory things and then we'll we'll finish off with something sweet. And then, if you wouldn't mind pairing um, a, a good alcoholic beverage with this, because I don't know if I could do <laughs>
2: do this without <laughs> <It's> that sober. <laughs> see what I can do for you. I'll I'll have to talk to Ryan. They have him let me know when they start showing up around there. Awesome. Make so, a really trip.
0: <laughs> but when we talk about cicadas, we have we we mentioned this earlier about speed different species and broods, but we have our annual cicadas, right? What the, I, I know them as dog day cicadas. That's the same, I believe. And the, what's, is there a visual difference between a dog day cicada or an annual cicada and these periodicals?
2: Yeah, the, the periodical, um, well, they're going to be showing up different times of the year first. Periodical are showing up now. Um, they're kind of black bodies, orange legs and wings, and they have red eyes. And our annual or dog day cicadas, um, <clears throat> kind of a green, brown, black, kind of a camouflage pattern on a lot of them Um, and they're showing up more july so more of a summer species so by the time periodicals probably be gone by the time our our annual cicadas start showing up and they don't live in the ground for 17 years either i think they're usually two or three years but they they emerge every year and
0: what like So obviously in Western Illinois, it's going to be business as usual for us here, but what are folks in like Eastern Illinois, Indiana and and other parts, what, what are they going to be experiencing when this happens? What's, what is life going to be like for them? Pure joy. (laughs) Says the entomology
1: (laughs) expert here. So, yeah,
2: so I think a lot of people are concerned about trees and stuff and, you know, large mature trees. This so that when the cicadas are laying their eggs, though, the are ovipositor. They use that to cut a slit in the trees and lay their eggs in there, and small branches and stuff. Um, and you can get flagging and stuff on mature trees, but they're they're big enough that's not gonna do any damage. You get get some flagging in the tree, and they'll be fine next year. Now, kind of the big concern is with new trees, small trees and shrubs and stuff, especially if you've planted them within the last year or so or this year. Um, If you get enough cicadas laying eggs in there, you can do some pretty good damage to the trees and if not, potentially kill them if they're small enough. Um, So if you've done something like that, if you've got newer trees or you've planted trees this year, you want to get some netting on there. uh, Make sure that netting is small enough that cicadas can't get in. Um, Net those trees and then secure that netting to the trunk so they can't crawl up. Um, And you're probably going to need to leave that on until mid-June or so. If you're thinking of planting a tree and you haven't done it yet, wait until... After they're gone,
0: <laughs> fall's a great time in Illinois. So, yeah.
2: And then, depending on the number of cicadas you have around you, it could get a little noisy on you, too. If you've I mean, individually, they're not terribly loud, but <clears throat> when you get thousands or millions of them calling at the same time, make a noise. I've personally never been in an area where they've come out, but I've heard you can hear them indoors if there's <laughs> enough of them. So, maybe invest in some. So
1: it's not like like you're going to be driving down the road and see swarms of them.
2: Maybe if you're in like a forest area or a place with a lot of trees, you may, but yeah, I feel like you're on the interstate and there's no trees nearby. You're probably not going to see any. And and the number you have is going to depend on obviously where you live in the state. You know, if you live in an area where they're going to be, if you live in a new development, you're probably not going to have any because... You know, if there were trees there when they were last out and they cut everything down there's nothing to support those populations if you have real small trees um, or if you were in a new development when they were out last and there were no trees or not much there for, to support those populations they're not going to be around but if you're in a kind of an older part of town where you have large mature trees more than likely you're going to have a better chance of having these skaters show up yeah
0: because one of the unfortunate uh processes of many residential developments is to clear cut all the trees and and then build the houses and then replant the trees so yeah so so if i would plant a tree maybe i have a newly planted tree right now i'm gonna put a net over it like some type of insect netting um will the female like am i ever gonna get like any larva feeding on those roots or I'm gonna need some mature trees nearby. So I'm just curious, if I, if I do this now, in 17 years, that tree's gonna be bigger, will it be supporting cicadas then?
2: If there's trees nearby that they could lay their eggs in, because they're laying those eggs in those, in those tree branches or shrub branches if they're nearby, um, there's probably that potential, but there's nothing nearby for them to lay their eggs. I wouldn't think you're going to have cicadas 17 years from now. And when they're, when they, <clears throat> when they first lay those eggs, that they'll hatch out, they'll fall to the ground. They'll probably start feeding on turf roots, something like that, smaller roots. And as they get larger, they'll move to, to larger tree and, and shrub branches. And you can have hundreds or probably thousands of them feeding on a tree and they're not doing much. I mean, they're in the ground for 17 years. They're not developing terribly fast. They're not, removing a lot of nutrients so it's that that those nips feeding on your trees aren't gonna really affect them much so we we kind of know the the
0: territory of the broods is there any reason that people need to report sightings of cicadas is there an agency or organization if that's the case that that people can report this to so I figured I mean, has 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 entomologists established the territories or are we learning kind of evolving those territories over time?
2: I think they're refining them over time. Um, I think it's cicadasafari.org. There's a website or app you can download that they are. If you live in an area where they're not kind of supposed to be emerging or they haven't been recorded mm-hmm. emerging from, um, they're encouraging people to go there. If you live in an area where they're not mapped to be submit that so they can kind of refine those uh, range maps for the different broods. Okay. There's one place uh, I've heard of, there may be other places doing it as well. It
0: seems like there's more just human beings connected with each other with our phones. And so like that citizen science data, you know, you these maps, these range maps probably will, will change like you mentioned over time as we get more accurate reporting data. So for the most part, us here in West Central Illinois, we don't need to worry about this. If you do happen to fall in the like three, four, or five easternmost counties that are bordering Indiana here in Illinois, um, if you're there uh, and you're going to expect some really loud days, probably possibly nights to cicada. Are they day and night? Do they sing a day and night? I can't remember. I try not to stay up late anymore.
2: It's a good question. I'm not sure if the periodical if they're out singing at night or if it's just day.
0: So it's going to be somebody noisy. Will
2: to, somebody will have to report report back.
0: Yes. So people out there, let us know. Stay up till two a.m., three a.m. Let us know how loud. If it stays loud, um, I remember when. So we had period periodical cicadas emerge was at 2014 in Knox County where I'm at, and driving on the highway, I'm windows up, music on, and you know, I listen to uh, classic death metal. Um, so it's, it's loud and in your ears, I'm kidding, I couldn't stand that. Um, so, but loud music, I can still hear them as I'm driving down the road. And it's like, they come in waves, you know, there's like these clusters that seem like they were, um, and you're right, on, in forested areas. So it's gonna be noisy people are ready for that
2: enjoy it it only happens every 17 years
0: yes and take a bite out of one while you while you have that opportunity as well let us know if it tastes like shellfish shrimp or almonds because i i want to know and if i don't have to do that study i'd be happy to just learn from you um we're gonna do it okay all right We have a meeting in Springfield coming up this summer, so uh, Katie, if you want to come along, we'll, uh, we'll take a trek and eat some cicadas.
1: Sounds like a plan.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Don't sound so excited. <laughs> and I'll say if, if you're living in an area outside of those four counties and you feel like you're missing out, 2024 is going to be a big year. There'd be two different broods coming out in Illinois. So a 13-year brood and a 17-year brood. It's oh, awesome. Yeah, it is going to be awesome. Man, between
0: cicadas and solar eclipses, Illinois has got it. We have got everything you need here.
2: <laughs> and if you're not living in Illinois, make sure you move to Illinois by 2024. So you can <laughs> yes. to too.
1: That's our yes. way to get people back to the state. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: You get
0: you get to experience the wonderful uh, world of cicadas and solar mm-hmm. eclipse. And um, just the the wonderful weather that we have here. It's not hot at all. It doesn't get too cold. Um, You know, it's beautiful here. It is. And we, this podcast never lies.
2: (laughs) We're back here from Florida, so.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. From Florida. (laughs) Goodness. And Wendy are, yes, Wendy's saying all four seasons in one day. I have experienced that. Those are great days those are the days you wind up with a cold afterwards so oh here's something what about predators of cicadas are we going to see like in in these areas where they're coming out are we going to see then an increase next year of predators because I'm thinking of the cicada killer um, which something that we always get phone calls about because that's a hornet like you know two to three inches long is that something where You know, we're going to have so many cicadas that then all of their predators, you know, we're going to be seeing a huge population boost from them in the following seasons.
2: I'm not sure if cicada killers are going to be out yet.
0: Ooh. Because they coincide more with the dog day cicadas.
1: Right. Um, There's a professor that if you want to, Kritsky, the entomologist... If you decide to eat cicadas, he wants you to send him a picture first. Cool. We could get our picture put on cicada safari.
2: Do
0: they Photoshop safari hats on us?
2: Um, So it looks like, so in West Virginia, they did a study in 1989 on burrowing activity for cicada killers. And that doesn't pick up until August so i know cicada killers will be out okay which kind of makes sense why come out early because you never Mm -hmm. know when they're going to come out well i'm excited about the
0: cicadas people think they're terrifying looking i think they they're kind of cute with those big giant red eyes red veins and the wings not horror movie at all
2: no beautiful it's beautiful creatures Sure. So something from Ohio, Ohio State. <clears throat> so the sound of the calling skaters has been measured at over 100 decibels, which is equivalent to listening to a revved up chainsaw held around three feet from your ears. <laughs>
1: hmm. Noise above 70 decibels for a prolonged period of time will start to damage your hearing. <laughs> so maybe it's like an audiologist's scheme. <laughs> so that we all have to get hearing aids afterwards.
0: The audiologists and the entomologists team up. Uh-huh. They get people interested in cicadas, Kickbacks. and they both win.
1: <laughs> Don't worry about your plants, worry about your hearing.
2: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so in that same Ohio State article. Um, so the males have the the timbles which is the structure they're making the noise with behind the wings. Mm -hmm. So that's one way you can tell male, female, and the females will have ovipositors. We can link to this Ohio State article
0: because this has a lot of a lot of good information. I think we covered almost everything on here. Cicada Mania is a really good website, too, if
2: if you haven't seen that one. Well, that was
0: a lot of great information on cicadas. Ken, Katie, thank you so much. I think we have enough here to cut together a a fun episode about, about these interesting insects. So thank you for humoring me today and um,
2: letting me chat with you about these bugs.
1: Yeah. It's always a pleasure.
2: (laughs) It was fun. Get ready to eat some cicadas here in a couple weeks. I
0: will start fasting just for this event.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Let's do this again next week.
0: And we shall do this again next week as we prepare our cicada menu for everyone else. Um, we are going to be talking with uh, Sarah Vogel. Um, we're going to be talking probably about trees. Sarah is a new horticulture educator here with of by extension. And so we are going to be diving into some of her interests here, which is one of those things being uh, trees and, and forestry. So uh, we will be chatting with Sarah next week. So listeners, thank you for doing what you do best. And that is listening, or if you're watching this on YouTube, watching, and as always, Keep on growing.